All right. Well, we welcome you here this morning. My name is Josh Howard, and I am the Creative Arts Director here at Movement Church. And uh, we're going to be talking about worship this morning, but man, it is just awesome to just see how God is moving here. And I just kind of want to talk about that for a second, because um, right now we, we, we have a lot of uh, full seats this morning. There's a lot of people here, and I see a lot of new faces, and, and God is just moving here at Movement Church. And and last week we uh, announced that we're going to be moving to the Hilliard Y, and, uh, and God has just been able to provide the way um, to go to that direction, and just, uh, it's been almost uh, a little bit too easy, and we've had a little bumps in the road, but God is just really um, moving here at Movement Church, and I'm just really excited about what God is doing in and through the lives of people here. And uh, so, uh, before I get started, um, last Sunday I was here, but... There was a lot of uh, bad weather coming, a lot of cold temperatures coming. So what did I do? Um, let's look at this picture here. If you could go one place in the United States, where would you go? Let's just uh, take a wild guess. Florida. Uh, so that's where I went. So right after church, I got on a plane, and I went to Miami for a week just to clear my head and uh, um, get some sun. When I got there, it was like... I was like, man, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen the sun before. So I literally, as soon as I got there, went outside, took my shirt off, and it never came back on. So um, if, 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 you, if you know me in the winter, I get pretty pale. And so the sun was very unforgiving in that sense. So I got really sunburned on the first day. And now it's turned into a nice bronze tan, so you can compliment me later. Um, so, but yeah, so I was, I was uh, down in Florida, and I was looking on Facebook, and I was like, what, what are all these people doing with, their, with this water in the cup and throwing it up in the air? So I'm like, Adam, I was there, down there with a friend. Let's go out on the beach and see if it works for us too. And so we got this water and we threw it up on the beach. We went out on the beach and we threw it up in the air and it just fell. So I was like, okay, forget it. I'm going to go in the water. So, um, but yeah, you guys are really are real pros at throwing that water up and making your own snow. Um, but yeah, we, we're in our second week of uh, our story, and we're going to be talking about worship and what it means to celebrate um, as, as it is one of our core values here at the church. And, um, you know, you're probably thinking, okay, we're talking about worship, we're talking about celebrate, let's have the worship leader put his guitar down, put on the pastor mic, even though the pastor mic broke this morning, so I didn't get to use the cool Britney Spears pastor mic. Um, but, and he's going to talk about the trendy worship topics that, you know, worship leaders talk about. You know, when we're, in, when we're doing an upbeat song, we should clap together as a church. And when we're doing a slow song and the strings are going, you have to cry and all those things. So, but I'm not going to talk about that this morning. I want to talk, I want to take us a little bit deeper. Uh, worship is something that I value so much. And, you know, obviously it's been a big part of my life leading worships for so many years. Um, but I want to take a different approach and kind of look at a passage in the Bible through a, di- a different lens and just understand that a lot of times when we show up on Sunday mornings, there's often just a disconnect between um, the rest of the week and Sunday mornings and how we respond to worship and, how we, and whether or not we know like, exactly what we should be doing or why we're doing it. Why do we stand up and sing to words on the screen? You know, why do we have all these lights and, and everything? So... So some of the questions that you know we can sometimes ask ourselves is how do we respond? Why do we sing? And, and or what necessarily maybe makes us hesitate um, to respond? Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna paint a little picture for you guys. Um, something that you might be familiar with if you live here in Columbus. 
Um, but when we, when we are excited about an event or when we're excited about um, a concert or a, a game, like maybe the Buckeyes, um, we're pretty excited about that. I don't know about you, but I'm a Buckeye, and, and I love the Buckeyes. Um, but when, when it comes to Sunday morning, when it's time to celebrate what God has done, sometimes a lot of us just don't know how to respond. So why do we sing, like I said, why do we sing songs on the words of the screen? And why, why do we clap? Why do we cheer? And I think sometimes we feel awkward to praise something that we can't see. Sometimes we feel unworthy to praise God because of something that happened the night before. You know, maybe you feel guilty about something that you're struggling with or there's a sin in your life that is preventing you from truly being able to surrender yourself to God the next day. Or maybe you just don't understand what the outcome is of worshiping God. Or maybe you're honestly just angry at God. Maybe there's something going on in your life. You're like, God, if you love me, if, if you truly care about me, why is this happening? And because of that, I don't want to worship you. I don't want to praise you because there's something going on in my life that I can't control. That's, there's something going on in my life that, man, I just really, I want you to fix. And maybe, maybe just to understand how God, how big God is. Maybe you don't understand that the same God that created the universe, the same God that conquered, that sent his son to conquer the grave is the same God and the same power that's inside of you. Whether you've been in church or you haven't been in church, and this is your first time in a church service this morning, we, we've all truly worshipped something in our lives. And so um, I want to show you guys a video, just kind of show you what I'm talking about. So let's uh, look on the screens here. Yeah, go Bucks. I'm a big Buckeye fan, like I said, so that gets me excited. Even though we didn't end too well this past year, I'm ready for 2014 uh, with the same hope that the Browns have every single year that we're going to win a championship. Um, but that's a whole other sermon. Um, so, so what you see on that video is, let's, let's break down what we saw on that video, all right? You see a lot of different things happening. Obviously, the football team has been working hard every single day to get ready for, the, for game day, right? And you see all the fans there, one, they went out the day before, the week before, 
or the summer before the season, they got all their attire. They got, they got their scarlet and gray on. They got the, you know, the dyed hair, and you got you know, all the Buckeye crazy people out there. Um, they have their flags. They have their signs. They're, they're ready to go. And uh, they probably couldn't sleep the night before because they were just so excited about the game. And they got up in the morning, and they couldn't even eat because their stomach was so nervous. And what I mean by that is that I'm describing myself. So you probably can't connect with it. Um, but, but they've been listening to talk radio the week before. They've been, they've been researching the stats and, and just the, the ins and outs about the game. Um, and then they, they've lost their voice from screaming, O-H-I-O, the whole entire game. And, and, and when the team is going really well, you know, they're really excited for that. And when the team's going really bad and, and they're losing and, and, and Braxton Miller should be giving, handing it off to Carlos Hyde and not passing the ball every time, you know, things are really bad, but you're still there helping the team, and you're still there encouraging the team and cheering them on. But, and, and then another thing is that even the people who could care less about the game maybe got dragged to the game, and because the, the, the atmosphere there is so electric, they want to be there. And then you also have people who don't care about the game who are preparing their, their checklist to go shopping at Kroger because everyone else is watching the game. There's truly people who do that, and they take advantage of it. Um, but there was so much that went into preparing for this game that made this a true, um, memorable experience for each and every person that was there. And a lot of people who really care about the game, they, 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 are, they are immersed in all the pregame activities and all the pregame um, research throughout the whole week. So when they're, when they're there on Saturday, like, they're ready to go. Like, their heart is in it. And you can probably see where I'm going um, with the message here this morning. So let me, let me, let me just explain. The big idea this morning um, and where I want to go is that the right preparations allow us to truly know and celebrate God. I'll say it again. The right preparations allow us to truly know and celebrate God. When we don't prepare our hearts to worship God, know God, seek God, there is going to just naturally be a disconnect. So the question I have for you guys as Movement Church is, what are you doing throughout the week to prepare our game day for Sunday morning? Are we putting into practice what we've learned from the the message the week before? Or is the busyness of life getting in the way of your time with God? Are you immersing yourself in the relationship, in the love of Christ, of, of the things that we're not only, we're talking about what we're believing in? You know, we, we, we believe that we're a movement of people finding our way back to God, and we believe that we like to come celebrate what God is doing in and through our lives and what He's going to continually do each week. And we come together as a community because we're all doing life together. We're all finding our way back together so that we can come together as a group and be able to share our life story together and be able to experience God's love together and be able to celebrate and to be able to create an atmosphere like OSU Stadium and be able to make a joyful noise in this city and in this place. So how have you prepared your heart the past week to hear God's voice this morning? Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. To respond, or how have you um, been prepared to respond in praising and worship for Him, for, who he, for what He's doing and, and how He's working in your life? So I kind of want to talk about some of those questions and, and, and look through a, a passage of Scripture that you guys might have read before, um, but just through a different lens. So let me pray, and then uh, we'll turn to uh, Luke 10 here. God, I just thank you for who you are. God, I thank you that we have the freedom 
to be able to meet freely here in this place, God, and that we have a building that we can just set up and, and do what we want to do in God to be able to open the doors to your people, God, your church. So I pray that this morning that you would just open up our hearts to your word, God, that we believe that your word is your will for our lives, God, and that, you know, we can't go on doing life without our, our user manual, God. So I just pray that we would be able to, to hold value to your words and your truths, God, and to be able to trust that, um, that they are the best thing for us, God. So I just pray that you would be with me as I speak this morning, God, as I, as I bring your word this morning, God, and, and for everybody else in the room to be able to receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you guys could turn to Luke 10, 38 through 42. If you don't have a Bible, there's one underneath. Um, and it's uh, page 795, if you're using one of our Bibles. 795, it's Luke 10, 38 to 42. I've got to turn there myself. So we're going to be talking about the story of Mary and Martha. And let me read this, follow along with me. Here we go. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Mary was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. So at this point in Jesus' journey and his ministry, he's only got about six months to live. And I don't know about you, if you knew that you had six months to live, I mean, there's probably so many things that you would be wanting to do, and you're probably running frantic all over the world or all over your city and seeing everybody that you can and, and getting th- all the things that you want to get done. Um, so Jesus is on his way to, to Jerusalem to continue his ministry, but he wants to stop off at Mary and Martha's house. Now, Mary and Martha have had a, a relationship, an ongoing relationship with Jesus. Mary, um, back in Mark 14, um, when Jesus came to their house before, she's the one who took the real expensive perfume and uh, wiped Jesus' feet and then wiped it off with her hair. And then Mary and Martha were the ones that brought Jesus to Lazarus when Lazarus brought, um, when Jesus brought Lazarus up from the dead. So just the relationship that Jesus had um, with them, you know, he celebrated with them, but he also wept with them. And they were able to go through hard things together when Lazarus was dead, but they were able to celebrate when Lazarus was alive and came back from the dead. You know, Martha, she's the older sister of the two, and, and she's the one that's really driving this dinner. She, she knows that Jesus is coming. She's got about a week to prepare, and, and so she's really, she's like the host. And so she knows that Jesus is coming to her house. So just imagine this. Like, if you knew that Jesus was coming to your house in a week, I mean, I don't know about you, but I would have a lot of cleaning to do. Um, and, and, but it would be even more so. My mom's in the room. She's like, yeah, Josh, you don't know how to clean. I'm like, I know. I'll probably Google it. Um, so, so you'd have this, all this pressure that Jesus, or, that Jesus is coming to your house, and you know, I've got to make sure that everything is presentable, that the food is good, and you know, I'm not going to give them food poisoning, and the meat's going to be cooked well. There's just so many variables, right, of what you have to do. 
Well, that pressure, you could probably imagine, was very much instilled in Martha. And so she, so she was really just consumed about everything. She, 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 probably had, she probably had to go to the nearest Walmart downtown in, in her village somewhere. And she had probably a checklist of all the things that she needed to get on her iStone tablet back in the day. Um, you know, so she, she, she was probably just running, running frantically all over the, the place. But so what happened, as you see in Scripture here... Um, in verse 39, in the midst of Martha doing all these things, what does Mary do? She stops, and she sits at the feet of Jesus as soon as he gets there. We can assume that she was helping Martha, but by the time Jesus got there, she was there um, hanging out with Jesus. So Martha continued to work hard and labor over the kitchen. The kitchen was something that she had control over. And so she was focused on preparing this meal for Christ. So... That pressure that she had led her to just become stressed out. It led her to become distracted, the fact that Jesus was even in her home. And she was probably just getting burnout too as well. So because Jesus arrived, and he's probably just chilling out in the lazy boy over there, reclined up and everything, talking with Mary and the disciples that were there. But she got so caught up in what she was doing, she couldn't even, she couldn't even real, like, just rest in the fact that Jesus was in her home and he was wanting to have fellowship and hang out. She had, she had a right motivation, but she got off track. Because even though she thought she was doing the right thing for Jesus, she let that separate herself and become disconnected from just spending time with Jesus. So she was doing a really good thing, but when Jesus was there, she was not um, paying any attention to him. So maybe there's something in your lives where you know, whether you're in ministry, whether you have a job, whether you're in school, you have all these things that you're doing, and you're scheduling out your day, scheduling out your week, and you're like, man, I don't even have enough time to get what I need to get done. And then what about Jesus? He's, he's waiting for you. So in the, in the midst of her stress, she confronts Jesus. She's like, Jesus, I'm over here slaving over this kitchen, and... Mary's over here, my sister, she's just hanging out with you. She's sitting at your feet, just listening to everything that you can say. And, and, and I'm working really hard to please you, to, to provide for you, to give back the talents that I have to be able to cook for you. And she, she wasn't necessarily mad at Mary for doing that, but she was, she was mad in the sense that Jesus was letting Mary do that. But, but why, why would she get so mad at that? And I, and I think one of the things when I was thinking about this was it wasn't necessarily the busyness of Martha that impressed Jesus. It wasn't all the things that Jesus was doing for her that impressed her. But it was the inactivity of Mary to be able to stop and be with Jesus. So Mary fell at the feet of Jesus while Martha stood at the feet of Jesus. Martha wasn't mad that Mary was listening to Jesus but because she wasn't helping. So she thought that Preparing all the food and making her home worthy for Jesus to be there was better than for both of, was better for both of them than stopping what they were doing just to be with Jesus. So she was more concerned about the event. She was more concerned about Jesus coming and having this big dinner together and hanging out together than just once Jesus is there, let's spend time together. And so oftentimes we are concerned about the event, the event of Sunday morning. The event of music and the message and the time together and all the things that we have to do in our movement groups and 
And, we're just, and we just forget that the preparation and worship that can take place every day in our lives. It doesn't just have to happen here. And I think sometimes we hold so much value in this one day of the week that when it comes to the rest of the days of the week, we're disconnected. We're, 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 we're like Martha where we just got so many things that we have to do. And so just think about that. How does that apply to your life? And how does that, maybe that illuminates some things in your life that are like, whoa, I can, I can maybe relate with Martha. Because in, in verse 41 you see, but the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. She was distracted. And then he contrasts Martha with Mary in verse 42 and says, there's only one thing worth being concerned about. And Mary has discovered it. And it will never be taken away from her. So I think one of the things that Martha was really focused on was the tangible. So it's, it's much easier to work for hard work hard and check off all the right preparations that need to happen because you can see the end result of your actions. You can see the end result of your labor. In the moment that Jesus did not see the benefit of stopping everything to spend time with Jesus. So like, we, honestly, we're people, we're hardworking, and we like to see the result of our efforts. Oh, the house is dirty? Let me clean it. I, I just got this new sham wow, and I, man, the tables that never look shinier. You know, like the grass got mowed, and the stripes on my grass, man, I could go work at Murfield. You know, the budget got balanced, and I know where all my money went this week, and I even have some extra. I can see the result of my hard work and my budget. But sometimes when we spend time with Jesus, we don't always see the immediate result or benefit of being with Jesus. We don't always see the immediate result of praying to Him. Maybe He doesn't always answer our prayers immediately, and so we go into control mode where we're like, let me go do something where I can see an immediate result. So with all that to say, Martha is not wrong necessarily in her preparation, but her attitude was wrong. She let the preparation get in the way of her fellowship and time with God. You know, like I said before, what she was doing was not a sin. But the fact, because she was doing it for Jesus, but sometimes what we, what we are doing may be good, but if there's something better, you know, the, bad, the, the good that you thought is inherently bad. So Mary chose the latter. She, she chose to sit with Jesus, and she chose to stop in the midst of all her busyness, to sit down at the feet of Jesus and listen to him, learn from him, and just enjoy his company. And, and even in my life, I know that this is something that I even struggle with. You know, working here at the church, and, and, and I was just finishing up school, and I was also, um, I'm also working another job, and, and, I, and I'm, I'm like, wow, I got to get everything ready for Monday, or for Sunday each week. And I got to get all these things done. I got to lead all these people. To, but if I myself am not preparing my heart daily to meet with Jesus and to spend time with Jesus and to stop what I'm doing, it's not going. It's not going to be as I'm, my relationship with God isn't going to grow. And I'm not saying that you know you could have a bad week and you can come here and be filled and God can do great things. That's the beauty of God's grace and God's love. But what is getting in the way of your life to enjoy God's company? What is preventing you from being able to worship God who loves us so deeply? I think 
In today's society, it's the very thing of busyness that distracts us. We, we could probably all attest to it. You know, we, I went to uh, Chicago with a group of friends um, for New Year's Eve, and we were just talking in the car on the way back, and I'm like, what is, what is the biggest thing that you think when you get here on Sunday morning that prevents you from being able to respond to Jesus and to be able to praise Him and to be able to open up His Word and be able to receive from God? And, and a few of them responded by saying, I'm just so busy. And I'm like, okay, if we're so busy, and, and if we know that we're busy, what are we doing to prevent that? What are we doing to, to um, stop what we're doing and, and meet with Jesus? Because if we allow busyness to get in the way of spending time with God, how can we rightfully prepare to worship and celebrate and have that um, electric atmosphere like the OCC Stadium here in this very building? Because after all, the thing that we're praising, the person that we're praising, the result of those things are eternal. I mean, I don't know about you, but when the Buckeyes lose, man, and, and I know that, that this is a whole other sermon too, but I know that I feel, you know, pretty upset. And, I, and the next morning I'm like, man, just... You know, like, sometimes I carry too much weight in that, but it's because I'm so, in, in, I'm so into the pregame experience. I'm so into learning about what the Buckeyes are going to do this week and what's their game plan. And, and, and so much of my heart is in it because I'm spending so much time focusing on the Buckeyes that it deeply, can deeply affect me when they win or lose. And another question is, how can we expect to show up on game day here on Sunday mornings without even practicing, without even preparing? You know, Martha, she had control and authority over her kitchen. That was this one area where she, she, she knew, you know, how to prepare. She chose how to prepare the goat or whatever they were eating, and you know, they she you know chose what seasonings she wanted and how long she was going to cook everything and what type of plates they were going to use. Um, you know, if it was stone or marble, um, you know, you just she had control of that. But when Jesus' actions threatened her ability to perform things that she had control over, that's when she got upset. So maybe the, the resistance that you might be feeling in your ministry or the resistance that you might be feeling in your work or in your school or whatever it may be, whatever the resistance, like, God, I'm doing all these things for you. God, I, 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 I am reading my Bible. God, I, I am praying to you, but, but why aren't you doing these things? Why aren't you, you know, why aren't you seeing the good work in me when all he wants is for you to stop? Allow God to work in you, prepare your heart, to know Him, seek Him, and celebrate Him. Because when we aren't prepared on, to celebrate on Sunday mornings, we either just shut down, we try, or we try to fabricate an emotional response, which just leaves us even more disconnected. Because this, this fake emotional response isn't real. It isn't, it isn't satisfying because it isn't coming from our heart. And, and I'm not saying that emotional responses are bad. We love the feelings of worship. It's a natural thing that when your heart is pursuing something, you're going to feel a love and a connection to whatever you're pursuing. But like, we look at Psalms, we look at David, and man after God's own heart, and we look at the Psalms, and, and you see a lot of emotion in those passages. But, God, but 
As, as David was pursuing God, he wasn't pursuing that experience. He was pursuing God, and as a result, because of his heart, as he was pursuing him, as he was desiring him, as he was questioning him, as he was just talking with him and listening, is when he was overwhelmed with the Spirit of the Lord. And when he was able to give an outpouring of himself and be able to praise God in his weaknesses and in his strengths. So how do we do that? You know, what does that look like for us as the church, as his body, as Movement Church here in Hilliard? Romans 12.1 says that when we give our bodies to God because of all that he has done for us, you know, we can, we can look back this past year and, and see a lot of great things. You know, we should give ourselves as a living and holy sacrifice to God because he will find that truly acceptable, which is the truest way to worship and celebrate him, to give everything that we have to God. But that can happen only one day a week. That happens when we focus on the preparations and worship that can take place every day. Romans, the, sec- the next verse, Romans 12, 2, says, in the, in the meantime, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into the new person by changing the way that you think. Then when you learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. As we seek God, as we desire to know God, as we take the time to prepare our hearts before Him daily and allow our hearts to be changed and transformed, God is going to lead us. We're going to be able to trust that this is God's will for our lives. If you, if you, try, to, if you try to live at least 10% of the, His word perfectly, you're going to fail because we're, we're sinful people. But we have something here, a user manual that we can strive for, that God's like, when we have no idea where God wants us to go, we have no idea what God wants for our lives, we do know one thing, and that's His Word. And that's something that we can strive for. And as we strive for His Word, and as we strive for God's will in, in our lives, and we're able to prepare our hearts with His Scripture and be able to like, God, what do you want from me? Oh, you want me to, to stop and, and be at the feet of... Uh, be at your feet or you want, want me to give everything I have to you or to live, to live as Christ to die as gain there's all these things to love, other, God, love God and love others you know those are you know four or five things right there that we can't that we're going to fail at and we're not going to be able to to be able to do every single day 24-7 of the time so with that said, I know some of you in the room don't even have a relationship with God. I know some of you in the room feel like you're unworthy to respond. That was another person in the car. Um, when she didn't know Jesus, the biggest thing that she um, struggled with was that she was sitting in the seats just like you, and she didn't, she didn't feel worthy to be able to praise a God who created this earth, to be... Uh, worthy to be able to praise a God that, that created her for who she is. And just the weight of that sin bore down on her. And, but the cool thing about it is that she, she desired to have that relationship, but she felt like she had to get to a certain point to be able to do that. Or maybe you're in this room and you don't know Jesus because you just could care less and someone brought you here and you're still trying to figure out you know, why they're up on stage right now. I don't know. Um, 
Or maybe you just don't know what to do. And I think that's something that we, we, we see other people responding, and we see other people with their hands in the air, and we see other people clapping, and we see other people with their eyes closed, and they're like, I want to do those things, but I don't know why I'm doing those things, or I don't know how to do those things. But that's the beauty of marrying her response to Jesus. She immediately stopped doing things for Jesus, and instead just spent time with him. She realized she chose the better portion. She discovered it. She realized that her relationship with God and the time spending with Jesus was way more important than all these little things, the to-do lists. It was way more important than setting up the stage, than putting up the screen or making the coffee. Because, yes, those things are important, but the, she realized that the number one priority in her life was to love God and to listen to his teachings. And she also realized that she didn't need to earn his company. If they didn't do anything, if they didn't prepare the, the dinner or clean the house or go kill the goat in the backyard, you know, Jesus would have still been there and received them and, and loved them. She realized that she didn't have to have a complete checklist of works to be saved. But by her faith, that's in verse 42, something that can't be taken away. She was saved. She surrendered her life to Christ. She was spending time with Jesus, allowed her, because spending time with Jesus allowed her to reorient herself with Jesus so that there was nothing more important than him. Um, So yeah, that's what Jesus was talking about when he responded to Martha saying how Mary chose the right portion. She discovered the true way to know and celebrate God. And I'm not saying, like I said, there's good things to be um, serving him with. And that's why we ask you guys so, so much sometimes because we have to prepare for his kingdom. We have to prepare for Sunday mornings in, in a lot of logistical ways too. But we care way more, the leadership of this church cares way more about your hearts and your relationship with the Lord than about how many chairs you can set up on Sunday morning or how many um, cups of coffee you can make. And I know it can be a scary thing to do in, this, in today's society because we are labeled by the things that we do. Hi, I'm Josh and I lead music. Or hi, I'm Mark, I'm the lead pastor here at this church. Or hi, I'm John and I and I uh, work at Wendy's, or you're labeled by what you do, and, 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 and oftentimes you, you take pride in what you do. <laughs> Excuse me. But if you're living a life where busyness and sin are getting in the way of knowing God and knowing who He is and desire to celebrate Him, if, preventing you, if it's preventing you to follow Christ, then we're going to take a time this morning to just pray. And, and seek Him. Because I want Movement Church to be a radiant place. Not because we have lights in here, not because, um, you know, I'm tan or anything like that. No, I'm just kidding. That was a bad joke. Um, this came to me. Um, that was for free. Um, but I want, I want Movement Church to be a, a radiant place because 
you're allowing Jesus to shine through you. You're allowing Jesus to teach you, to lead you, and guide you in every aspect of your life. But that can only happen, Romans 12.1, if you give all of yourself to him. That can only happen when you come to a point in your life where like, you know, the things that I have, the things that I'm doing, the things that I'm working on are the things that I need to give to you because God, you are more important than all my actions. You are more important than, than the things that I can give you. Because ultimately, when, when we return to him and see him face to face one day in heaven, when he is glorified, all the things that we're doing here on earth doesn't matter anymore. And that's why God emphasizes us to be able to love God and love others and be able to take the gospel to all the ends of the earth because that's the most important thing that we can do. So if you guys could just bow your heads with me. Uh, We're going to pray. I know that uh, you still might be trying to figure out what I'm saying, but The gospel, because of Jesus and the way that he sent his son here to die on the cross for our sins, is the most important thing for us. And is, and is something that, if we, can't, if we don't even know who Jesus is first, then, then obviously what I'm saying to you right now isn't going to connect, isn't going to be able to um, take root in your heart because you haven't even taken root in Jesus yet. So... I want to pray a prayer right now that if, if you don't not if you do not know what, who Christ is, um, you have a chance right here this Sunday morning in the cold weather to be able to surrender yourself to God. So, if you don't know who Christ is and you want to know who Christ is, I want you to pray this prayer with me. God, I know that I am lost. You can just repeat after me in your own in your own head here. God, I know that I am lost. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I don't have it all figured out. I know that the busyness of my life has prevented me from truly knowing you. I know that I might feel like I have to have it all figured out. I know that the sin that I'm struggling with that has compiled over my life has become a barrier between me and you. I know that I'm not perfect but it's because of how you have shown your love to me. By sending your one and only son to die on the cross, I'm saved. My sins are washed away. They are forgiven. I am cleansed and I'm made new. So God, I pray today to commit my life to you. A life to follow you amidst my weaknesses. A life to follow you amidst my downfalls and my struggles. But I trust that you love me for me and that you will lead me and guide me daily. Amen. So if you prayed that prayer, um, I want you to talk to me afterwards. I want you to talk to somebody at the next step table um, because that is the most important thing. If you just made that prayer, people are celebrating right now. Angels are celebrating. They are rejoicing because you just made the most important decision of your life. And the next best thing you can do is tell someone about it so we can get you connected, get you plugged in. Um, if you guys could bow your heads one more time, I want to pray a second prayer for the other people in the room this morning that might be just struggling with the, the disconnection between their, their, their busy hearts and, and, and knowing you. So 
Um, if you if you are in the room and you have a relationship with Christ, but you feel like you don't, and recently you've just been so far connected from Him because of everything that's been going on in your life, because of the sin that you've been struggling with, because of a death in the family, or because um, you know you just failed a test, or your, things are just beyond your control, and, and, and you don't know, and you haven't been able to hear Jesus. I want you to pray this prayer with me. God, I know that you love me. I know that you have forgiven me in my sins and my downfalls. But because of my busyness, I have lost sight of who you are. And my priorities have been out of line. I have let the, the to-dos and the preparations of each task each day to distract me from spending time with you. I realize that I need you in my life to guide me and to teach me. To show me what love is. So that when it is game day, I give you all my praise. I give you all of me. So Lord, refine me, shape me, and guide me as I walk with you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So with all that to say, um, I want Movement Church to be a radiant place. I want Movement Church to be a movement of people finding our way back to God. So how are you going to, what decision are you going to make today, right here, right now, to be, great, be able to do those things, to be able to grow closer to the Lord, to be able to allow Him to be your number one, so that you can give Him all of yourself, you can give Him all of your praise, and make His name famous. These guys are going to um, sing a song, and I just want you to think about those things. I want you to reflect. I want this to be a time where you can talk with God. You can worship Him in your own way. You can stand. You can kneel. You can raise your hands. You can, you can uh, pray out loud. You can come find me or, or somebody else that um, you want to talk to. Um, the words are going to be on the screen. But this song talks about waking up and understanding who Jesus is. And just understanding that a life of our own label, a life of our own preparations, a life of our own um, agendas is not a fulfilling life at all. The right preparations allow us to truly know and celebrate God. So go ahead and think about that.